Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Carthago Delinda asked, hello, and welcome to Everything's Political. I'm your host, Taya Shoemake. You can find us online at everythingspolitical.org. The email address for the show is podcast at everythingspolitical.org. Shout out to Magic Man Joe Strecker, the Thales of podcast producers. Love Thales. The, uh, a lot of people attribute his acumen and philosophy and mathematical skills, Joe, to the beginning of the Western civilization thought, if that's even a thing. But you know what I mean? <laughs> so Happy New Year, everyone. Lots going on. Lots to talk about. I wanted to start with a follow-up of uh, two bills at the State House that we mentioned before the break. One of them was HB 496, and both introduced by Republicans who must be out of their minds. Kyle Kaler, uh, he's up uh, from around Springfield, I think. HB 496, it was basically to regulate the bantha fodder out of midwives and make it difficult for them to do their thing increase licensing regulation and criteria etc etc look a lot of these folks they in order to remain relevant they hear of a story and they think they've got to take action because they're in the state house and the proclivity should be no action <laughs> unless it falls under the scope of your constitutional authority Okay. My personal health care decisions that I can weigh with risk to reward ratio and my own critical thinking and my bodily integrity and privacy that the, the I don't even need a Supreme Court to tell me I have that, right? By sheer virtue of my existence, I decide what goes on. Okay or what decisions I make with regard to my health care. Uh, and so they are completely inconsistent. And when I say they, I mean the Republican supermajority in Columbus. And they think they have to get involved in absolutely everything. This is why government is in every orifice of our lives and literally our bodies now. You know, just stay out of it. We can make our own decision. If we make a bad one, then we have to deal with that ourselves. So HB 496 currently 
is not going anywhere. It's stalled. There is the, no activity is on the state house ledger, so that's good. We'll keep an eye on that. And again, that's important because we don't want government involved in all that crap. Okay, when in doubt, stay the foxtrot out. The other Senate bill, one seventy eight, has moved, and it is uh, gangbusters on the Republican side, taking away authority from the state school board, half, nearly half of the members of which are elected, so we would have some sort of representation, and giving the major education decisions to an appointed, so unelected, appointed bureaucrat from whatever governor is sitting at the state house. I don't care what your reasoning is, and I can go down this list of proponents who testified and tell you that every proponent that testified on behalf of this bill also testified in favor of race to the top and common core. I can list them. I can go down by name. They're the same people. They may have changed companies or, I should say, corrupt bureaucracies or scam artists who call themselves whatever in education and they're just there to get the money from the state or the feds. So no one's learned a dacum thing, Joe, at the state house. Now again, I am no fan of the state school board. They've got a problem. They are as corrupt as the legislature, the executive branch, and the legislative branch. But they did have elected members. And you're not going to tell me this is the best option to reform a corrupt state school board. Isn't it interesting, Joe? You have corrupt trying to reform corrupt. It's a fallacy in there somewhere. <laughs> Good Lord. So all of these people who are pro-race to the top and common core, all of the uh, these companies, oh, um, career center centers, Oh, there's a Boehner on here with the Ohio Chamber of Commerce. I wonder if he's related. There is Troy McIntosh. Isn't that interesting? Ohio Christian Education Network, a proponent of this bill. That's inconsistent at best. Sorry. There's history with him, too. Thomas B. Fordham Institute, the main drivers, one of the main drivers of Race to the Top and Common Core, paid off by Bill Gates and the Chamber or the Regents or whatever foxtrot bureaucracy had them buy the you-know-what. Man, Reagan was right. Politics is the, so resembles the first and oldest profession in the country. Man, Harry Snyder, Great Oaks, I know Harry. Not sure what they get out of it, but they're gonna, they're gonna say that taking all of this authority away from elected members is a good thing. Don't know why. I don't know that they've looked at both sides. Uh, there were some typical opponents, uh, America Policy Roundtable and CHEO, Melanie Elsie, who's been involved in this type of monitoring of the state house on behalf of homeschoolers and uh, more liberty-loving causes. And that's, you know, that's important because a lot of people think that if you just protect your demographic— then you shouldn't need to get involved. Well, I'm, I, I'm sorry, but that's kind of lazy. 
because they're going to get to you eventually. We've talked about that before. You know, they can come to you and say, okay, here's what we're going to do with education, but we're going to carve out an exception for homeschoolers. All that does is make you more vulnerable for the next time they do it. And they slide it under the radar. So Children's Defense Fund, uh, wow, League of Women Voters of Ohio, opponent. Linda Harvey opponent. So you can get online again and see the activity on this bill. And I believe that it ended with our last podcast before the break. So you can see the progression of testimony. You can download testimony. You can look at the votes. Again, primarily from the quote unquote Republican supermajority who wants to put education in the hands of an unelected, appointed bureaucrat. And let me tell you something. If they think that that means we're going to rush to elect another Republican as governor, they're wrong. Because I'll leave the frickin' race blank before I vote for Lord Farquaad, his ward, or any of the cronies that have been responsible for the demise of Ohio. So if you think you're protecting something and you're going to use that as leverage, well, we got to vote for, I don't know, whomever. We got to vote for Frank LaRose or else that position will be controlled by a Democrat. Well, yeah, you did it. How nice that you set yourselves up to come in and be the hero or to come in and manipulate us in the next election. I got two words for you. And then Jerry Thomas's words, rest in peace. Uh, they're not happy birthday. So that's the update on Senate Bill 178. If you are so inclined, please continue to call your state senator. It does not say when this is headed over. I don't think they've had the final vote yet, but please call both of your elected representatives, your elected employees both your state senator and your state rep, and ask them to vote no on SB 178 or give you a daggum good reason to put all of this in the hands of an unelected bureaucrat. Are Ohio classrooms not enough a mess? Good Lord. Okay. So more going on in Ohio. And I'm going to start here. It was, let's see, it was about over a month ago. And I read this ridiculous article everywhere. It started in New Orleans, but of course the lamestream media blasts it out everywhere. Again, late November is when it came out, mid-November. And as I'm reading it, I'm thinking to myself, that's interesting because Ed Dowd's book is supposed to come out soon. I'll get to who Ed Dowd is in a minute, but I'm staring at his book right now. This is the way the lamestream media tries to get ahead of things and tries to cover for that incestuous elixir of big tech, big media, big pharma, big government, etc. Okay. The title is Could Air Pollution Cause Heart Attacks and Strokes? Huh. Just breathing, Joe. Air pollution. Professor Charles Miller, Ph.D., is a toxicologist at Tulane University School of Public Health. 
He spoke to us about, this is Fox 8, about modern life and pollution. Right, he says, our life that we live makes us more prone to pollution. We need energy and things like that, and as a side effect, that's pollution. Under the Federal Clean Act, the EPA sets air quality standards for six common pollutants, and he names them, um, which, is also, which are also called particulate matter. Humans are not impervious to pollution. The air pollution that's studied most, it's largely a diffusion process. So particles or chemicals come in and they simply spread out in the body. So air pollution from a bus or things like that can eventually wind up in all the tissues, said Miller. And studies now show a link between pollution and stroke and cardiovascular issues. Huh. So Dr. Cheryl Martin-Shield is a vascul vascular neurologist at a local health and medical director, or sorry, center. She explained what a stroke involves. It's when there's a part of the brain that's injured because of disruption in blood flow. It can happen when a clot travels to the brain and obstructs an artery and blocks the flow to some part of the brain. Huh, what joke? I've read that before. Come on, the, the dots have to be connecting. The synapses have to be charging here. They go on to make the similar analogy with sudden heart attacks. Really? Now, this article was published and made the rounds on the internet two weeks before Ed Dowd's book came out. Ed Dowd's book called Cause Unknown. The Epidemic of Sudden Deaths in 2021 and 2022. From the Forward by RFK Jr. Every country dutifully maintains statistics on what's called all-cause mortality. Deaths from any cause whatsoever. Accidents, disease, suicide, homicide, natural disaster, or unexplained deaths. There's a long-established and fairly consistent baseline of all-cause mortality year over year. Anything above that baseline is considered excess death. In 2021, it was Ed Dowd, not the public health officials that citizens rely upon, but Ed Dowd, who brought international attention to the fact that healthy working-age Americans were dying, and dying suddenly, at an alarming rate not seen before. These excess deaths were not anticipated by insurance actuaries, and were not contributed to COVID. Okay, just a little excursus here. These actuaries are precise. If they are not on a consistent basis, the insurance companies don't make their money, okay? They have to be precise, and they are. And no one predicted this. Double-digit percentage increase in all-cause mortality. And that's not just Ed Dowd saying it. He started researching it after insurance companies were talking about it. We did a show on this. Dowd, RFK Jr., continues here. Dowd framed the issue in a way I can't forget. From February of 2021 to March of 2022, 
millennials experienced the equivalent of a Vietnam War with more than 60,000 excess deaths. Millennials within a year experienced a Vietnam-like phenomenon with over 60,000 excess deaths. And we're just going to twiddle our thumbs and stick our heads in the sand. The Vietnam War took 12 years to kill the same number of healthy young people we've just seen die in 12 months. One after another, reports from life insurance companies confirmed what Dowd was discovering. And in early 2022, he convened a group of insurance industry execs to explore it further. Later, he recruited expert analysis from around the world and drawing on data from various official sources in many countries. He and his growing team committed to study the topic from every available vantage point. So this book, and it is well, so it is as well-sourced as RFK Jr.'s book, The Real Anthony Fauci. It's almost maddening how well-sourced it is. And every claim, every death that he lists here, and he lists, uh, there's a compendium in the back. People from age five on up within that year, thousands. And he puts a, a Q code so that you can scan it and go directly to the source, whether it's Pfizer, CDC, FDA, autopsy reports, all documented. So why do I bring that up? Number one, to point out that the media tries to cover. I mean, we should know that by now, right, Joe? Good Lord. They're complicit and should be named in every trial and whatever accountability measures are given. And I don't care what they are, military, judicial, or civilian. But one of those will happen. And these people, it'll be too late, frankly. Because either the scales are purposely not coming off or they've been bought, bribed, or blackmailed. Good Lord has relinquished them to the spirit of the age. I don't wish that on anyone, by the way. So lots in this book about the all-cause mortality. And he talks about he became so successful. He was with BlackRock. And, you know, BlackRock really is no friend of the Republic. So he's kind of stepping out. But he was successful because he was able to identify trend changes before anyone else. And when the, this, this data kept coming out with, from the insurance companies, he pounced on it. He says here in the introduction, I can look at today's health and death statistics and see that something is not right. To be more specific, something about all-cause mortality and the excess death rate isn't right. Determining all-cause mortality is not controversial. It's just math. Exactly. So then you have to start looking at what was different in that time that yielded such a mathematical change against all actuarial, uh, actuarial forecasts. And it's the kind of math that insurance actuaries obsess for understandable professional reasons. They scrutinize total deaths by age, ethnicity, region, year, even day to day. They studiously compare month to month and year to year stats, searching for trends. Because if they don't forecast that accurately, that mucks up the business model. 
and all the ancillary and tertiary processes. So why do I bring that up? Ed Dowd's book, and again, it is extremely well-sourced with a compendium in the back of, and it's, again, a sample, but actual nonetheless. So fast forward to the Bengals game this week. And a horrific, uh, if you were watching live, I was not watching live. Someone texted me right away and said, turn it on. Saw the replay. Buffalo Bills player, DeMar Hamilton, made a hit, tackle, pops up, turns around and collapses. Okay, we've seen this everywhere. And again, Ed Dowd's book, Cause Unknown, is rife with these examples. But you can see them on uh, YouTube if they haven't been censored or Rumble. So here was the report. Buffalo Bill, the Buffalo Bills issued a statement earlier to, um, today on the condition of 24-year-old safety DeMar Hamilton, who collapsed on the field and was given CPR before being evacuated via ambulance after making a tackle on Cincinnati Bengals wide receiver Tay Higgins in the first quarter of the ESPN Monday night game in Cincinnati. It was suspended with 5.58 left in the first quarter with the Bengals ahead 7-3, later postponed by the NFL. Now look, the, the Bills put out a statement saying he suffered cardiac arrest following a hit in the game. I'm not saying that the COVID jab directly caused this cardiac arrest. I'm saying after the last three years of lies and cover-ups and the excess deaths and all more cause mortality in some demographics up to 40% excess, the fact that millennials suffered a Vietnam War within a year, given the Pfizer and Moderna uncovering by Naomi Wolf, proving that they knew the jabs compromised cardiovascular health, the studies on myocarditis and pericarditis after the jab, clearly you can be compromised. So all I'm saying is it's worth considering that this was the case. I'm not claiming anything other than we need to consider all options in order to prevent this from happening because, again, we're not without hope. We can ameliorate and potentially detox fully the spike after the jab. There are protocols out there toward that end. And so if this had anything to do with it, although the NFL may need to uh, gird its loins, because I believe they tried to mandate the vax, and only a few told them to go pound sand. Now I say that after reading Peter McCullough and his assessment of the the game last night and the hit, etc. Now, he is a top cardiologist. I don't have time to go through his street cred or professional cred. It's too long, frankly. But let's just say he was one of the early doctors who was right about a lot. His publishing creds are crazy high. And he talked to Steve Kirsch, and Steve Kirsch asked him about DeMar Hamlin's injury. So here was the email from Steve Kirsch. 
According to Dr. Peter McCullough, the injury that Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin sustained is known as commotio cordis, a phenomenon in which a sudden impact to the chest causes sudden death in the absence of cardiac damage. The time delay from the hit until he collapsed is expected in commotio cordis. Peter believes that the ventricular tachycardia and ventricular fibrillation could have been set up by the vaccine if he took it. So it's just a possibility that this was an issue. And I don't know about you, but I'm, I'm tired of all these young people dying suddenly. It's worth considering. Unfortunately, I don't see the NIH or CDC or FDA or any of the other three-letter agencies funding this research. So this piece by Steve Kerr, or email, continues. Hamlin was shocked back to rhythm and now has anoxic encephalopathy in critical conditions, but evidently his numbers are normal. So, again, the summary is the jab, likely not a direct cause, like it has been in others, but it could have contributed to the compromised situation of his cardiovascular health. Just worth a consideration, folks, because this will just continue to happen. And I don't want millennials to suffer another Vietnam-like death in those numbers like they did the previous year. As an aside, the Friday before this game, I think it was December 30th, Another former NFL player, Uche, uh, how do you pronounce that? Nuaneri, Uche Nuaneri, defensive lineman for the Jacksonville Jag Jaguars. Uh, he died at 38. This was from Fox News. He died at his West Laf Lafayette, Indiana home after making a trip from Georgia, according to the Lafayette Journal and Courier. Tippecanoe County Coroner Kerry Costello said Nuaneri's wife found him unresponsive in the bedroom of her house at around 1 a.m. and called for help. Costello said there were no signs of foul play and a preliminary investigation determined that the former NFL player died of a possible heart attack. He was 38 years old. These are happening everywhere. That's why Ed Dowd wrote the book and documented all of the cases. So, again, just consider. What's wrong with considering all of the options? That's what a critical thinking person does. If you want the truth. So not shockingly, by the way, our prayers are with DeMar Hamlin and his family, Anuche Nuaneri. Let me end here, because this just popped into my head. When you looked at the field, as they drove the ambulance away or off the field in Pecor Stadium, and you saw the huddle of Bills and some Bengals player, players in a circle, consoling one another, those players, I'm telling you, you watch the replays of the videos, and it is harrowing. Notice, Joe, 
and I want everyone to know this, Pfizer, Moderna, the WEF, the government, Antifa, all you bastards that want to continue to separate and divide us. I want you to know one thing and I want you to look at it often and consider this. People on the field, players on the field, people outside the stadium, and people at home, they all took a knee. Not to divide us, not because of a, 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 of a, a planted whatever, not because, what do I call him, Joe? Thank you. Kaepernick. I call him Humperdinck. Because <laughs> I couldn't say his name at first. Everyone took a knee. Not to Colin Kaepernick. Not to any cause that divides this nation. We were all unified. And took a knee to the one true God who we pray is his will. That DeMar Hamlin is fully restored to health and for his mother with whom he was darling and for his family and for his charity, which if you've seen the numbers, God bless America. That is why you take a knee and we focus on the creator who holds all of us in his hands, breath by breath. Gonna end there. Thank you for listening, and uh, thank you, as always, Magic Man Joe Strecker. Until next time, who will stand at either hand and keep the bridge with me? Carthago Delinda Est, have a great day. Godzilla! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.